0: Welcome to the Coventry Vineyard podcast, wherever and whenever you're listening, we hope you're blessed by this message. If you want to find out more about our church or speak with someone about Jesus, head to coventryvineyard.org. Yes, so I put in a little family photo so you guys can see where I'm from, more or less. And I like to, I like this, it's from my phone, so the quality, is it so good? So you have my uh, sister-in-law and my brother and my parents in the middle and all the four kids. This photo was taken uh, just a few days after I've met Pierre for the first time. Uh, so he's not on the photo. He was officially uh, presented to my parents yet. He, like I think nobody really knew about him yet. So there you go. I show you this photo because um, I want to tell you a story about my mom uh, when I was a child we would drive to church on Sunday mornings. And she was generally happy, and I didn't always understand, but she shared often this thought about how we were about to do what so many people are also doing around the world at the same time, and that is uh, worshiping Jesus all together. And when you think of it, we are associating ourselves to what is going on around the world. And this is, uh, it's crazy to think that we are partaking in this adoration that is already happening 24-7 in heaven. So there you go. We're talking about worship today again. I'd like you to pause for a few seconds and think of a place, yes, that's the title, Talking. Think of a place that uh, where you feel close to God. Can be landscape or um, yeah, a place that you like. Steve, is there a place that you thought about? So I'm like you, I like the lake. Um, That's a a photo from my phone (laughs) in my hometown, Neuchâtel. And that's a place where I like to go often. Um, And when I go there, it's just like, it's always the same place, right? The lake doesn't change. But suddenly, I see skies of blue and clouds of white. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Somehow, when we look up to something else and we focus to something beyond ourselves then we're suddenly aware of the beauties around us. And the next photo is you can see the alps so again the quality isn't great but it's from my phone and I really think you know when you focus on something beyond yourself you're not Paying attention to how the other person is watching that same place? Are they paying attention to the exact same thing as you are? Have you ever wondered how it would be like to worship Jesus during all eternity? I liked what Gwen shared last week about we're all going to be worshiping together uh, in heaven. And my friend shared this fun idea. You know, in Revelation, uh, we have these four creatures that have wings that are covered with eyes and they spent day and night repeating, holy, holy, holy. They're worshiping our Lord. And I think when you go to places that you know, the Alps never change. They're always the same. But I, whenever I see them again, I'm like, wow. And so I guess when these four creatures, they open up their, I don't know how many eyes, and they're just like, holy, holy, because suddenly they realize how holy God is all over again, how wonderful the Alps are. but So I think we will never be bored of worshiping uh, the Lord when we were, will be in heaven. So that's just a, a s- side note. Did you ever notice how we all do things differently? Some people just... Uh, like it to be very tidy or some people work well in a messy environment. We have about we have expectations about how things should be. And sometimes I just wish people would do things the way I do them. Right? <laughs> have you ever had that thought? It would be so much easier if my colleagues would just be all the same. We like to put things in boxes. And sometimes as Christian we're we have even higher expectations about how other Christians should live their life, how they should dress, how they should live out their faith. But God created us us all different and he loves this diversity. He loves the way that we represent different things and we are all made in his image. God loves this diversity. Our text today will be in Revelation chapter 7. And to sum up the message of Revelation in a few words, I would say something like, Jesus is king of all things, and there is hope for those who put their trust in him, who see them who see him as his Lord and Savior? It's a book filled with worship and adoration, and a lot of songs that we sing are inspired by texts that we read in Revelation. The first four chapters of this book talk uh, about different churches. There are actually letters sent to different churches, and in chapter five, uh, in the, there's a, a switch. No, it's in chapter 4 that we have a switch. And we transition from what is uh, described, the churches on on earth, we go to the churches in heaven. We see God in the center of the universe, surrounded by the worship of his people. I'm going to read Revelation 4. Just to give you a bit of context, uh, the end of Revelation 4, it says, in verse verse 11, there we have it, holy, uh, that's not here, Uh, you are worthy, our God and our Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created, you have their being. And the end of chapter 5 says, verse 13 and 14. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. This is... You know, sometimes I lack the proper words in English. I want to, like, put emphasis on things. But this is magnificent. When you think of the words, and that's the words we sang in that last song as well, or um, you have all these creatures that are gathered and that are worshiping God. So we have many symbolic events that happen uh, but in these chapters. But we want to focus today on um, chapter 7, Verses nine to eleven, and it says, "After this, I looked, and there were before me, there before me, was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches. That's a way of celebrating, right? You're waving things." Uh, using your body to celebrate. Um, and they cried out to the, in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. There we see God surrounding himself with diversity. This creative diversity says something about who he is and about what he loves, right? He created this diversity, and he created us all different in the way that we function and in our personality, in the things that we like. He loves all the differences that we represent, and he loves Coventry Vineyard with all the differences that we represent. The worship we address him is filled with this magnificent diversity. What you bring, brings something different that is also pleasing to God. In chapter seven, it's actually the first time in Revelation that human beings are allowed in front of the throne. In just the the chapter before that, in six verse nine, we read that souls are standing under the altar And in chapter 7, they stand in front of the throne, in the holy place, in this great intimacy, so close to God. I don't know how to emphasize this enough, but they are really in the closest place you can be to God, standing there worshiping. This uh, revelation is addressed to people who understood, as Nick said earlier, what it would mean to be in this, um, in this closeness to God. You know, in order to go to the temple, the priests had to prepare themselves. They had to do sacrifices um, to be cleansed and to go in the holy place, go through all this process of purification. And even for now, this text is amazing because so often I feel that I am unworthy and I realize that I'm not worthy of standing Before the throne. But here in this text, we can be, it tells us how we can be in this closeness to God with all our differences. We can worship and be part of these ethnic groups of all languages, of all countries, with all our differences and the things that we represent. This is outstanding. I think it's amazing. And the best part is that they cry out together. With a loud voice and they say, salvation belongs to, the, to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You know, salvation takes place when we allow the love of Christ to be first before loving ourselves. God's longing is that all will be saved. But it's always our choice whether we accept the invitation of salvation. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. You remember how my mom was exciting, excited about being in this international, interlinguistic, uh, intercultural worship? Well, when we say salvation belongs to our God, we proclaim God's will is taking place here and now. It's something that is happening here and now. So another thing about my mom, she liked to throw in some Latin words. And she would say, "hic et nunc. So that means here and now. And she would say, you have to clean your room. hic et nunc. But here and now, this is something that is happening. Whenever you worship, when you're by yourself, you could pick any songs or any uh, exclamation that you read in Revelation and take it for yourself and say it throughout the week. Holy holy glory to you. That's always good and when you don't know how to pray. You can start like that. We're taking part in this heavenly celebration of worship of adoring Jesus, and it's something that is going on already in heaven. Being together with our brothers and sisters, sharing life with them, it's this is also an act of worship. This The way we behave with each other is telling people about who Jesus is. In uh, John 13, verses 34 and 35, we read, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. Just because of the way we are, the way we behave with each other, the way we value each other, then we are a testimony and we are telling people about who Jesus is. His actions in our lives transform the way we behave with one another. The way we value one another. Living a life of worship means to live a life of sacrifice. Being ready to not worship yourself or anything else but only he who sits on the throne. And this is, it might sound a bit hard but it means that in the way we live and in the way we follow Jesus, we are ready to die to prevent idolatry. This is living a life of worship. When we decide to be part of all this, we are transformed and we become more and more like him and we become the body of Christ together. And it's only together that we become his body, that we become his church. This can only happen when we are together. There's a promise that Jesus says, the one who sits on the throne, he says, and that at the end, uh, as Revelation 7, uh, 16 and 17, he promises to the believers, never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor nor any scorching heat, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This makes me want to worship him such an amazing promise. So you might know this, but um, it's always good to hear the basics again. Vineyard has a history with worship, and I want to share with you five core values about worship that are fundamental uh, to us. The first one is intimacy. Intimacy with God is our first goal when we worship. We draw near to God, and he draws near to us. Intimacy isn't a style of worship or a tone of voice. It is a posture of our hearts, right? If you think of someone like a close friend or, uh, or your partner, it's someone that you're going to share what you like with them, share your sorrows, Talk about yourself and ask them about how they are doing, right? This is intimacy. That's opening up to someone. The second value is accessibility. As worshiping community, we extend the welcome of Jesus to people. We want to invite them to come in his presence. It's a uh, We want to be intentional about bringing people with us on the journey of worshiping. And we do that by building bridges, trying to find connections, way to touch their hearts. And that can be in friendship, through music, or pastorally, but we create environments for people to participate in this worship. Another value is integrity. We want that the songs we sing uh, would match the lives that we lead, right? That's, in, that's integrity. We value uh, the form that the worship takes, that's true, but we place an even greater value on the formation of our community. The time we gather, the times we gather for worship are powerful places for transformation. We encounter God's presence, not as we think we should be, but we come as we are. It means we're not faking things. But then, the glorious thing is that we don't remain how we are. We are renewed by this encounter. And through that, we become more and more like Jesus. Kingdom expectation. In worship, we welcome the King and his kingdom. We cultivate an expectation that God will speak, that he will move, heal, deliver, and perform miracles. We experience in part what we will ultimately know in full our complete restoration in God's kingdom. And the last one is passion. Passion is the expression of a fire in our hearts for God. As we worship, we not only affirm our love for God, but we learn to love what He loves. If you're interested in in your friend, you will try to... So what's your job? like? How are things? What, What do you like? Why do you like it? We learn to love what he loves. We are authentic in our worship, uh, whether we're in a season of joy or in a time of sorrow. But as worshiping community, we want to be present to, the, to Jesus and engage with what he is doing in our community. So intimacy, accessibility, integrity, Kingdom, expectation, and passion. To finish up, I want to invite you to put what, I, what we've talked about today in practice. Last week, we had different practical ideas. And um, I took up the challenge Nick gave us. And I decided to read through Luke. And it really struck me how just in the first two chapters, we have so many people worshiping Jesus His presence makes worship arise. Mary is singing a song. We have Elizabeth, Zachariah, Simeon, Anna. They all respond to Jesus in worship. So maybe you could read through a gospel and see what stands out with a worship lens on your eyes when you read. Other practical steps could be to be aware of Jesus' presence with you. You can set reminders on your phone, for example, Or, yeah, I said this, read the gospel uh, and write your thoughts about who Jesus is. You could every day write down, Jesus is peace. The next day, Jesus is the provider. And every day of the week, you have another word. It's just a way of paying attention to his presence. We know he is there, but maybe if you write things down, it's more obvious. Gather with expectation of meeting with Jesus and experiencing his kingdom on Sunday, and that will have an influence on the rest of your week. Encourage others to worship. Serve your church family to experience God's presence and transformation. So as a conclusion, um, I just want to remind you that together, and only together we are the body of Christ. With all our differences, with all our different personalities, together we are his church. And what is your place in this church family? What you can bring is different from anybody else, so your presence is important. As we gather together, how are you encouraging others to worship We don't go to church. I think I may have made that clear. We are the church. So it's only when we are together that this produces a church. What if we were more aware of the power that there is in worshiping Jesus together? Not only through music. It transforms us. It's a testimony and it's a gift to our Lord. In the end, that's what we were made for. Maybe you feel like this is still a bit too abstract, and you don't know God well enough to take part in worshiping him. Good news. God decided he wanted to let himself known to you. That's the reason why he became human, and that's why we celebrate Christmas. God sent his son, Jesus, to be with us, to tell us about God, our Father, our Creator. And Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us and empowers us to live an everyday life worshiping him. Jesus is showing us the way to connect with our Creator. And he wants you to know you. He want, yeah, he wants you to know him, to be part of the, of, he wants to be part of your everyday life. But most of all, he loves you. Thanks for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you on a Sunday morning soon. Bless you and have a great week.